Good afternoon and welcome to another VSA Capital Technology and Transitional Energy podcast with myself, Phil Smith, and uh, guesting this week is David Scriven in place of Andrew, who's still away on business, but back next week. David, good afternoon and welcome. Thank you very much. Very good to be joining you again. And um, if I may, we'll do the same format with me chatting about the US and going through the ETFs to give me a sort of sense of uh, how the market is behaving in those particular sectors. So if we if we can, we'll click off, kick off sorry, with clean energy. Um, that ETF is trying to break a current year downtrend. Now, very recently, Enerphase gave solar stocks a boost by portraying a brighter than expected outlook that signals a recovery in the sector after the first quarter of this year. Conversely, Vestas Wind stock which was up on fiscal year 23 EBIT beat and guidance in line, but it added into that commentary a fairly cautious tone in the outlook. And then moving to Orsted, however, they will suspend their dividend payments until at least 2025 and slash plans to build new projects this decade. This Danish wind power giant will cut green power project construction by at least 24% to between 35 and 38 gigawatts by 2030 versus their original goal of 50. Now, Mads Nipper needs to cut costs and recover from the spiraling costs of a portfolio of wind farms planned off the coast of the US. So basically, aside from job cuts, job cuts announced, the company will exit some emerging offshore wind markets and narrow the focus of its US offshore portfolio to the Northeast Atlantic. Now, in other ETFs, the battery value chain is trying to break a downtrend. In cybersecurity, it's looking to test the 2021 December all-time high. Now, we've got some key earnings constituents of that ETF coming out in the near future. One, for example, will be Broadcoms. That'd be very interesting to see how they're getting on. And then looking at AI, that um, favoured uh, sector subject in tech, looking, it's looking to test its 2021 December all-time high. Now, in news related to that sector, uh, Snap revenues were 1.36 billion, uh, lower than street, which is lower than street expectations of 1.38. Prior to the announcement, the company had announced layoffs but the results show that the company has been hit by privacy changes introduced by Apple and a struggle to recover from digital, the digital advertising slump. The stock was weak on the news and a stark contrast to Meta, whose Q4 revenue growth was just above street high-end estimates. Impressively, Meta guided to Q1 of $34.5 billion to 37. That's up 20 to 29% between 20 and 39% against tougher comps. Now, Meta is behind those two big tech waves of AI and Metaverse, and will spend on these major growth opportunities, uh, street high end of CapEx is between 30 and 37 billion, while remaining disciplined. And interestingly, the quarterly dividend opens Meta to a wider group of potential investors. Um, in other strong results, Amazon delivered uh, fourth quarter, which were strong across the board, driving, driven by incremental operating margin of 40 percent 
and an annual record of 37 billion free cash flow. The company has momentum heading into 2024 with both Amazon Web Services acceleration and further retail margin expansion. And I'm thinking that AWS will gain meaningful traction in generation AI over the years ahead as customers pair their gen AI efforts for the leverage of the AWS range with its full stack approach. And finally, also very good um, results was ARM Q3 fiscal year end 24 delivered the highest ever revenue at 824 million. That's up 14% year over year. Licensing and other revenues were up 18% year over year, driven by five new ATA agreements and companies licensing high performance CPUs to embedded AI into every device. Royalty revenue was up 11% year over year, driven by strong smartphone sales and ARM V9 penetration and market share gains in cloud servers and autos. The stock was up 25% pre-market on this news, which exceeded expectations and gave a boost to the full year forecast of revenue of 3.15 to 3.3 billion versus the street's original outlook of 2.9 and 3.08 and non-GARP fully diluted EPS of 120 to 124 versus originally the streets outlook of 1 to 1.1. SoftBank, nat Softbank naturally was up 9% on its first quarter, first profit for four quarters and the ARM news. And I'm sure you'll have further thoughts on ARM, Phil. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, something that stood out for me, David, was uh, their comments on the China market, because obviously there's a, a lot going on in the semiconductor industry. Uh, the US and China and, you know, China building up its strength in semis. Um, and ARM um, said that an increasing proportion of revenue is coming from China. 25% uh, of revenues indeed are coming through from China, uh, up from 20% in the in the prior quarter. So an in increase in share there. And what's quite interesting is where some of this is coming from. And Huawei, who uh, has been a lot of news out on, on Huawei and its semiconductor developments and how advanced its technology may be getting. Um, but Huawei licenses is ARM's technology and it's using it um, in its Mate 60 uh, smartphone, which it launched um, a few months back. Um, but it's been, but the Mate 60 has already been a terrific success. And we've seen Apple reporting that its smartphone sales um, have been reducing in China, and of course Huawei's proving tough competition there, but a very interesting situation where we are seeing um, some of the you know, advances in China in semiconductors, so it's a, a bit of a watch of space, but uh, certainly ARM is, ARM is benefiting um, from that, and we mustn't forget Apple, of course, which is in many, uh, many fun portfolios, um, and, and indeed, Apple dominates the smartphone market still globally. It's got 24.7% uh, share, and then Samsung's next was 16.3%. So, you know, yes, in that space, there's, there's uh, you know, competition coming in from, uh, from Huawei, but it's still Apple in a very dominant position. Indeed. But very, very good for ARM. Yeah, the results really read well, and they've got a webinar today, I believe, and, um, you know, brokers are raising their target prices, JP Morgan going from 70 to 100. So well, I think it really yeah, yeah. speaks well. I mean, an IPO in September last year, I think, at around, I think it's $51. Um, I'm IPO'd up, and they're putting price targets out now of $100. 
my word, um, we're seeing some <laughs> we're seeing some pretty hefty multiples out there in the tech sector, but earnings growth is you know, seems to be coming through for it, as, as Davis noted there. I guess as we move on, looking to the looking to the UK, David, unless there's anything else on the, on the States that you want to pick up on. Um, in the UK, here's a stock that's uh, very widely, you know, uh, invested in by institutions, been listed for a long, long time, and one of our best engineering companies, that's René Shaw, um, electronics and electrical company, very well known for their measurement technology, which is used across, across many industries. Market cap for Renishaw is 2.5 billion. Um, Ticker is RSW. They had interims. Share price was up 16% on the day. Um, but they reported the reporting revenue is 5% lower uh, than the prior period at uh, 330 million sterling. Said that uh, revenues from industrial uh, metrology were, um, were good, uh, but they had weaker demand for semiconductor manufacturing equipment. And they're, you know, the measuring tools in the semiconductor uh, are used in semiconductor processing when you're moving wafers around in the plants and trying to measure the position of where the wafer, wafers are in the process. Um, so weaker demand there from semis, but good across industrial. Um, medical sales are into the medical industry are up by 16%. Um, and what really caught investors' eyes was um, that they're expecting a stronger um, second half. They set expectations for their profitability. Um, cash and deposits in the bank of uh, 178 million. So good outlook there from Renishaw. The ticker is RSW. Um, moving on to um, smaller caps, and then same with the electronic space, uh, Filtronic. Uh, which is one we've certainly dis discussed before in the podcast. Uh, Tickers FTC, uh, FTC market cap is 55 million. Um, and Filtronic uh, provides specialist electronics in uh, what's called radio frequency technologies. Um, and uh, this type of types of electronics are used to broadcast signals, uh, be their defense in electronic warfare, but also satellite communications, 5G base stations. So all highly specialized stuff. That they do. Uh, they reported interims uh, to the end of November. Um, shares popped up on the day by 12%. Uh, the company, this is quite interesting actually, they're up, they're up ticking revenue. The um, revenue was uh, 8.5 million for the six months to November compared with 8.4, so more or less flat. Um, and in terms of profitability, the profits uh, fell slightly, well, just barely by giving from 0.2 million. Um, 2.1 million and uh, they've got cash in the bank of 4.1 but why have these shares been running well and the reason is the company is increasing its order base and winning contracts um it won a contract uh earlier in the period uh, for 3.4 million pounds i think we spoke about this one on the podcast this is for low earth orbit satellite communications equipment um, Post-period end of the interims, they've been awarded additional contracts for £12.6 million. So bearing in mind, you know, the first half revenues were just over £8 million. These are big contracts relatively for the business. Uh, again, the £12.6 million contract uh, was in the low Earth orbit satellite market. Uh, they also won a £4.5 million contract in December from BAE, uh, BAE Systems, Maritime Systems, uh, and this is for RF. Radio Frequency Electronics, the one a two million pound contract from Kinetics. Everything going the right way um, for Filtronic. The ticket is FTC. Um, Echo Technologies. Uh, David, I've come across Echo before. The ticket is ECK, 124 million pound market cap. 
Um, and they provide technology into um, call centers. I mean, centers, any, any sort of, you know, centers involved in customer engagement, but also like in healthcare, the NHS, uh, but anywhere where you're interfacing with customers um, or mass, uh, but also involved in taking payments. I mean, what their software reduces uh, the risk of fraud in particular, but in taking personal details and how they're recorded. Um, so things like taking you know, payment details, um, interactive chat with customers, but it's all about protecting the, you know, the engagement with the customer and their data information. Um, they reported, <coughs> excuse me, this was for a business update for their second half period, um, and they've seen growth in, very strong growth in their order books. Um, they said at uh, their interim results to September, have revenue up by 33% of my Google 19.6 million, a profit's up by 23%. That was up to September. And they have said now, up to towards the end of January, that they've got orders up by, uh, reported new business of 45 million pounds in total. So in the first half end of September, the contracted orders were for 24.6. They're now up to 45 million. Um, and this includes, they've got contracts in, five-year contract from a U.S. travel tech company, five-year contract from a healthcare company, again in the States, um, three-year contract from a pediatric organization in the States. So again, you know, like Filtronic, here's a, co a company that's seeing very good order momentum, which inevitably will help drive the share price. Um, and I guess to finish with me, um, and this is a company that Andrew and I have certainly discussed uh, a lot in the podcast, is HG Capital. Uh, ticker is HGT, uh, 1.9 uh, billion market cap. Um, and HG Capital Trust invests primarily in private technology companies and specializes in software companies. Um, and these are larger software companies. So this is one of these great sort of funds. If you wanted to get exposure to the tech sector, very broad exposure um, in, you know, higher growth, higher margin software companies, HG Capital Trust, uh, that's what it sort of specializes in. Um, and they have reported their uh, estimated net asset value to the end of um, 2023. Uh, and their net assets uh, were 2.3 billion pounds, uh, an upper share of 498p versus current share price of 419p. So there's a discount to the, the net asset value there. But that, those net assets are really interesting, right? Bear in mind how the movement of the tech markets and what's been happening. Their NAV was up by 9.2% from the year before, total return of 11%. Uh, quote, uh, growth predominantly driven by strong trading performance in the underlying portfolio, but also something we look for in tech funds um, is realizations of investments, i.e. Or acquisitions, disposals, and they have 13 liquidity events during 2023, um, which, you know, to my mind, given the market in mergers and acquisitions has definitely been very tough over 2022, the activity slowed down. Uh, looks to be looks to be pretty good. So it's HG Capital Trust ticker is HGT. Um, and anecdotally on that, actually, I've been with companies in this space, and um, they've commented uh, very favourably on the management team of HG. Um, so um, well worth looking out for that. And also, it's notable that uh, they have been 
uh, of late, like two, three, four months ago, training at 20% discount, and now, now that's narrowing. So that is beginning to narrow. It's around about sort of 16 or a little bit uh, less than that. So I think that trend will continue. Yeah, they've got a very good, they've got a very long track record. Um, and they, you know, what's interesting for me is it's, it's sort of mid-tier software companies that they invest in. So ones that have got very strong, you know, high double-digit profit margins, but also, you know, have got very strong recurring revenue. So it's a good, it's a good space to be, you know, within tech to be to be looking at. Um, but yeah, very interesting company indeed. Um, but other than that, we are sort of, you know, in mid, getting towards mid mid Feb, and U.S. results season is finishing. It's been getting quieter in the UK as far as, as results and trading updates go uh, after the blast in January. So, um, so given that, it's a bit of a shorter podcast this week, David. And don't know if you've got anything else you'd like to to add. No, nothing more to add at this juncture, but um, you know, I'm sure we'll have some interesting thoughts um, going forward on the next one. Well, we, we, we certainly will. Uh, I think Andrew will be joining us again uh, back next week. But in the meantime, as Andrew and I always say, you know, if you've got any uh, interesting ideas you'd like to uh, like, like us to mention on the podcast, things that you think we might have missed, we always welcome, always welcome inputs and welcome our listeners' thoughts. And given that... Uh, look forward to another podcast uh, next week. David, thank you very much for joining. Thank you. This podcast has been produced and edited by VSA Capital. It is intended for information purposes and not as investment advice. The information is intended for recipients who understand the risks associated with equity investments in smaller companies. Please do your own research and do not rely on a single source when making an investment decision. VSA Capital may derive fees from this content and seeks to do business with the companies mentioned.